worse than Sally. <laughs> you are worse than Sally. How That's are right. you, Julie? I'm good, thanks, Bezo. How are you? Wow. Eat local. Food, farming, and conversation in the scenic room. Beautiful this book that was cool. launched yesterday. How much is this one? 45. And we so yesterday the launch was at Go, um, Goma, w- and the producers and um, Brenda and Christine, yeah. who produced the books, were there, and all the local farmers from the scenic rim were there. So it was really nice to you know meet the producers my, of our food. My mother-in-law loves the scenic rim. Yeah. And she loves to cook. I think this will be her Christmas present. And you should give her this program as well. From the 25th of June to the 3rd of July, it's yep. Eat Local Week at the Scenic Room. And there's a bunch of um, program. It's a big program of food events. I'm just taking a photo. Uh, yeah, it's so a beautiful it, book. So it Brenda is, and Christine, Brenda Faden, who is who used to own Wonder Organics yep. in West End, and yep. Christine Sharp um, produced the book. Beautifully um, photographed, beautifully styled, and the recipes in there just make you want to eat a it, lot of fresh veggies. It's it's a bit of an underrated um, area to visit the scenic room mm. for Queenslanders, I reckon. Yeah, we did quite a bit before I had kids, and it's probably somewhere where we'll go back because um, there's a couple of really nice national parks yeah. at the scenic room. Yeah. Plus, you go out there, you go to a national park, you do camping, but you can do these little foodie wine day trips, yeah. you know, go and eat and drink. Yeah. You, you know, so there's something for everyone out yeah. there. So. Well, that program's really interesting. It's got everything, yeah. um, something for everybody, from the kids to I was, grandparents. I was really... We, there was, at one stage, we were thinking, going to try and hook up and do a podcast out there, mm-hmm. and I was pretty excited about that, but... Um, yeah, see, technically, I'm right on the edge of the scenic room, so because mm-hmm. tambourine is the scenic room, so, yeah. Um, not that I would ever think that way, but yeah, cool. So, can people come in and get this little booklet? Yes, off I've you? got a heap of the programs that I want to give out to people to promote um, a very good cause. Yeah. So, if you can, in the, the store, and I've got stock of the book as book. well. Eat local. Yeah. Beautiful book. All right. Thanks, Julie. Oh, Thank you, Beza. And um, we'll throw some links in the show notes to Eat Local Week. Yes. And, um, yeah, you can get the book at Scrumptious Reads. Thank you. See ya. Bye. We, we, we should rap about things that we like, like, like food. That's what. You bugging ass death, you know it. We're going to be like the Partridge family, but with food. You like food, don't you? Got any uh, white bread? I am the spaghetti. Duval, you're not the spaghetti. I am the spaghetti. Let go of the lid. Got spaghetti in here. Is this organic? Sure. Is it grass-fed? Yes. Cruelty-free? What's so special about the cheesemaker? As the saying goes, you are what you eat. And I am freaking cheese. Eating crackers. How about four beans, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough. Hello, everybody. Welcome Hi, to Cheesy. Yeah. Hello. Tell us all about who you are. Save me having to do all the interviews. Oh, you can go first, Cordy. <laughs> well, I was going to say I'm Shirley's customer. That's how I was going to introduce myself. So you'll have to go first now. But you're fa- more famous. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, once upon a time, I wrote a book. 
and it was called In Search of the Perfect Partner, the Food and Wine Matching Formula. I can't believe I remembered it. Seven years ago. Um, and it was a, an absolute fabulous time in my life where I learned a lot about food and wine matching and I learned a lot about food. Since then, I have gone through an extraordinary journey and um, I'm not drinking as much wine anymore because my body has sort of said, hey, let's give this a break for a little while. I've become a little intolerant to some of the things. But you know what? It's opened up a massive scope of um, loads of other nutrition learnings for me that work really well for me. So that's me in a nutshell. And now I'm Shirley's customer. You are. Mm. Pretretty much my few, most of your listeners know who I am anyway. Yeah. So, you're, you're number one listener. I am number one listener. Hi. F- yeah. First time podcaster. But I've never written a book, but I have written a number of other things. Yes. And I was a teacher for 20 years. And now I'm a distributor of niche products within the Brisbane market and loving it. Can't believe that I didn't do it earlier. Mm. Good food is good. Good food is good. Great people. Fantastic. Yes. yes. Produce, yes, it yeah. is, and obviously it's working because mm. people like Cordy keep coming back, and they wouldn't come back <laughs> if it wasn't any good. And Julie, when True. you when you were writing your book, yes. did you read other books on the same topic, or were you scared that you would then just regurgitate what oh, they were writing? Gosh, that is a really good question. Uh, yes, there was some reading and some skimming that went on, <laughs> uh, probably enough to gain the kind of information that we needed to gain. I co-wrote this with my current business partner. Um, she was my business partner back then as well, so we've been together for a very long time. You are allowed to say her name. Oh, Corinne, Rin. Everyone, Everyone would know you. It's Rin, 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 Rin Cordy. Cordy. Yeah, there we go. Oh, now we know <laughs> who you are. <laughs> oh, she's that hot blonde chick. Oh, stop it. <laughs> I think originally, you had, did you have a Rin and Cordy business card? Pretty, yes, we I'm would pretty have, sure actually. I've still got it in my bag of... See, I told you. It was a hot blonde chick. <laughs> stuff that just kicks around. <laughs> oh, well, it was great. Yeah. Look, and it was such a magical and exciting and fun time. We got to travel to France with that gig. It was just... We had a blast. Um, so yeah, when we when we co-wrote that book together, um, we did read a lot, we skimmed a lot, um, but we were really conscious of making the information as digestible as possible, so therefore kind of distilling the, the information that would be traditional wine jargon down into language that was a lot more palatable for the everyday consumer to understand that was it that was the that was the what do you call it that was the hook for that particular book actually yeah, yeah. well my f- second favorite cookbook <coughs> is um by the i think they were the ages no. wine <laughs> critics um and they wrote a book called food to drink to oh and you see them on the cover and they're Love obviously it. absolutely smashed <laughs> and it was all sort of pulled from their um, share house and mm-hmm. student days and stuff like that. So it wasn't all sort of wine wank stuff. It was mm. like, you know, you cook something that's high, really high in fat, you know, this big slow cooked pork dish in, and they're like, get the roughest, dodgiest Spanish <laughs> red you can find because it's the only thing that's going to cut through your palate. You're wasting your time buying anything over $5 a bottle. Oh, wow. Preferably out of a cast. Oh, it's okay. just it's just hilarious. It's it's almost like a it's serious, but it's yeah. it's almost like a, a pushback against yeah. Yeah. I guess um, and this was written in the early I think in the early nineties. Mm. So I guess it was a pushback against those Well Jill Duplay did one in the nineties as well. Yeah. But hers was very refined. So yeah. I'm wondering if it was some sort of bounce back against that. that. So she did one that was very based around opera. 
So every oh, wow. dish has an accompanying opera soundtrack. Right. And, and wine. Yes. So, I mean, it's obviously polar opposite to yeah. this particular yeah. one. But, yeah, it makes... And, and I think it was actually a very similar title, too. Mm. But it was, you know, food, food to dine... Wine to wine to dine by or something, something like, like that. that. Mm. Yeah, and, and the the the, the, the I, I find you know the photos in cookbooks you know necessarily have to be a little bit contrived because you're trying oh, to yeah. shoot under lights yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But the but the cover is just this classic. You know they're sitting on a kitchen bench top. One of them sort of looking into the bottom of a wine glass, and it's obviously not his first glass of wine. His cheeks are red. <laughs> It just does not look like a setup shot it's at like all. Like me on any given Saturday. <laughs> yeah, but, and, that's ex- and that's the whole feel of the book. Oh, all of it's Is, you know, Saturday night, let's write a cookbook. Oh, well, see, everyone does now. They just call it a blog. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. It, it, it would have been a really, you know, it, it would have been a really popular blog spread out over yeah. two years, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, but the concept is still there, isn't it? Oh, yeah. we can do it. We can do it. Look, it's published. So yeah, that's there. right. Absolutely. You, well, we still s- published, so <laughs> there you go. Yeah, before blogging. Still in print? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we certainly have quite a few left. And Julie yeah. has some in the oh, shop, I'm sure. Uh, yes. I will be buying I'm quite, quite sure she does. <laughs> I will. I do. So, shall we get on to the contentious part of the evening? Let's. Oh, let's. You bought, you bought some of your finest. I have. So, one of my products that stock. I have is beautiful grass-fed beef, grass-finished, yes. grass-grown. And what I've done is I have made you some bone broth, Beso, because I know how much you love it. It hasn't got any vodka in it. No. I'm a bit disappointed about that. Now, back in my day, it was called stock, but I'm old. So, <laughs> and this was before paleos were even a thing, and they were a thing for a million years. So. Well... I don't know whether I can call myself old yet, but I would call it stock. And the reason I get socks... You would call it stock. Yeah, I would not call it bone broth. (laughs) If anyone catches me calling it bone broth, if you come into my kitchen and I go, I'm just cooking up a pot of bone broth, shoot me. (laughs) It's stock. And I get really upset because... um, like now it's it's like oh I make my own stock and they're like oh you make your own bone broth like it's a real wanky thing to do it's like Isn't no that semantics though the evolution of the language well I consulted Doctor Wikipedia or mm-hmm. Chef Wikipedia <laughs> and Chef Wikipedia says that broth is the liquid that remains after right. a long slow cook of raw bones not roast bones which is okay. essentially what a lot of people do according to Chef Wikipedia according yes. to Chef and that. Uh, broth has mm. chunky, floaty bits okay. in it, so it still yeah, has it's flesh more, it's more and vegetables. And I think that was the broth of, you know, the, barley the, broth, my old man. The modern yeah. Pete Evans bone broth is not, it's stock. Modern Pete Evans bone broth. Is, is, it, is it strained, is it? Yeah, it's, okay. and you drink it and it's supposed to be, give you superpowers and... Absolutely. Well, you, it, uh, do you not feel better? Am I allowed to swear? Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Yes. Have you not listened? Okay, no, I really got to get into that. It's bloody good for you. Yeah, it is yeah, good for you. Sure. It may not have superpowers, but it certainly is good for you. But and this, this is this is the bones uh, roast off first. Yeah, um, and that makes and it well taste seasoned. good. Yeah, and any yeah. veggie ends that I have floating around in the freezer, because I chuck them all into a zippy bag, and then I roast a shitload of bones when I get a beef delivery yeah. that people don't want. Whatever's left, chuck the veg in, put them in, roast them for an hour or so in the oven. Put them in the slow cooker overnight, mm. and then I triple strain it in the morning. And cheers! You're amazing, see, and it tastes fantastic. See, so I it's think got lots of collagen. Yeah, it's still got its right. fat in it. Yeah, still got its stock is good. good. It's so good. 
stock, eggs, lemons, mm. plain flour, butter. You've got to have those things in your pantry slash kitchen or whatever. And I don't Freezing. feel quite right if I don't have like 10 kilos of flour, a couple of kilos of butter in the freezer. <laughs> what do you do when the weevils hit? <laughs> no. Do you, how do you no. go with those? Do you use it that quickly? No, no flour lasts long enough in my place for weevils wow. to hit. Are you kidding? When mum goes to South, they go to South Australia for fishing. My parents, because they're retired and they do the grey nomad thing quite a bit. And they go, on the way home, they usually go through a mill, a particular mill that makes lots of really good bread and pasta flowers and they bring me home a 20 kilo bag of pasta flour every time they go past holy shit and that lasts about five weeks holy, holy shit okay so i went into my pantry the other day yeah. and as i flew in this swarm of things sort of yeah. flapped yeah, at me yeah. and i thought oh here we go yeah <laughs> so i had to work go through and i started with Each the nut box and, and work my way down i'm so glad it's not just me yeah I, in the flour. I keep so many and things the and the nuts and well. the nuts I keep so many things in the freezer now as a result so, same and mm. I think it's because I tend to buy more and more not necessarily organic because mm. I don't believe that the word organic necessarily represents better value mm -hmm. but less and less refined yeah. certainly all about yeah. the unrefined yeah. and as I'm learning more and more even the things that I thought were unrefined there are different levels yeah. that fall that within that so well my yeah, flour absolutely. normally freezer. in whiskey. Yeah, an extra freezer. What did you say? My flower lives in an esky. Oh, perfect. You know, like one of those ones with a really good seal. My beer lives in an esky. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll go through. And obviously, I've got, I don't know how many lemon trees I've got planted. Four, five? Because well, that's, that's, that's the no. one, you know, that's the one thing I want have all the time i just want to have a little citrus mm. do you plant you've got them in the ground yeah, i've got about five lemon trees yeah. and how do they yield do they good? Well, they're all young okay right yeah too young hey how are those trees going that we crowdfunded for a hundred years ago they're all young they're like all, they're all uh so i'm getting um that was before crowdfunding was a thing yeah oh did you do uh, that before it was a thing no yeah. it was just starting it was the, like the start of possible in australia Beso was my introduction to crowdfunding because I remember reading it and thinking Kickstarter had sort of been yeah, around for a little bit in the money. States why am I giving him money? because I like him why else am I giving him money? oh he's growing trees okay. I do have my little list I've, I've got about two jars of the um, Brazilian cherry jam yep um, oh. and I got one lemon off the lemon tree this year <laughs> no. uh, yeah so I'm, I'm just I'm not it's it's sort of just on the cusp of starting to produce you know uh, and my grey water pump died this year ah. and I put a much better one in and put the grey water up onto the orchard and strangely all the trees are doing a lot better this year than they have been who knew that fruit trees need water <laughs> yeah funny that <laughs> I'm not sure I've got an answer for that I think that's the key that, and grey water especially oh yeah great for Particularly the citrus. It's the bone broth of the washing machine, it is. really, isn't it? Stop. <laughs> it's got all the stock. <laughs> it's got all the goodies out of the clothes. <laughs> Speaking of stock, do you make um do you make pig, pigs trotter stock? That's my I haven't. That's the my favourite of all the stocks. I haven't. Oh, I want to, but it's, I haven't. It's light enough to be chicken stock. Yeah. But it's gelatinous enough and reduces well enough to be used for beef stock. My toast. On toast. <laughs> but you can, like, I usually make it up and put it in the fridge and it literally will set 
into this. That's the great thing. Like jelly. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love getting a stock out when it's cooled. Mm. And it's, you could slice it yep. and, and yeah. put it on a pizza toast or, yeah. or whatever. I just think that's... It makes it look magic, know. doesn't it? It does. And it also shows that what you've got in oh. there is something pure. I mean, yeah. you can guarantee that if you open your continental box, mm. it's not going to sit there in a perfect rectangle, is it? It's going <laughs> <laughs> to just disseminate. Yeah. And that, that's what frustrates me a little bit about the bone broth thing is because... A lot of people who aren't confident in cooking are now thinking that stock is too much of a wanky thing to do. Yep. You know, it's it's one that of those... stock's out of favour. So I can't keep making my stocks. I need to make broths and I don't know how to do that and so I feel intimidated. Is that or, what you mean? Or even, or even trying to say to someone, look, every time I talk to someone about cooking that, that knows that I like cooking, I'm like, well, yep. you've got to do your own stock. And they're like, you know... Oh, there's nothing better. Yeah, but... Because it's seen as a bit of a niche wanky thing now, mm. it's it's just that little extra hurdle to get them to try it. Yeah. Well, like I was describing to the one of the ladies at work today that I do like a three day sort of meal thing. So I do a roast chicken on a Sunday night. Yep. Bones go into the pot, make stock, risotto on the Monday night. Mm. Ar- Ar- now I'm not going to get this. Arancini. 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 I never get it right. <laughs> um, Arancini balls for for just Tuesday night. Balls. Balls. Yeah, yeah. You so, always it works. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's like it's sort of like a time saver because you're not having to put anything away. You're just progressing through. Yeah. You know, reusing, reusing, reusing. Um, but you can't really make risotto without your own stock. Well, this is the thing, though. People. Well, you, you can, but it'll taste like crap. exactly. People just think it's it's a convenience. Yeah. But what's happened is there is an elite in commercial stock now. So oh, yes. no longer do does Continental apparently are thinking of changing their entire branding system because there is an elite market for stock or bone broth or whatever you want to call it. Mm. So black label, people will pay three yeah, times as much for products. it for a premium product. But can I have some water, please? But it's exactly the same mm. as what they're putting out. These chickens that I sell, Feather and Bone, who are distributed down in Sydney break them apart for their customers. So they get a lot of people that just want Maryland's or breasts or thighs or whatever. And they sell the frames for $13 a kilo. Holy Jesus. They also make- restaurants? Yep, restaurants, general public, foodies. The educated palate is the consumer that I suggest we go for. Thank you. And they sell out. That's unbelievable. And they make their own stock, and the price on their own stock for 500 grams is 1999 for mm. 500 grams or something, and people will pay it. See, that's the, that's the thing that, there's two things that I feel a little bit about this, this one. One is stock, and the other is Harissa. Um, because... Oh, you know, I bought Harissa. Are you going to throw Har- things at me now? Harissa, <laughs> but Harissa is really, really easy to make. And hugely expensive to buy. Yeah, it's like forty dollars a kilo. No, it's ridiculous. But it's it's so so simple to make. Can I throw something out there? We yes. live in a really different world. To ideally, yes, let's all make our own products, produce. You, you um, got to you got to pick and choose. You, yeah, but yeah. So, is there perhaps then a market for the higher, the more, the more premium products that? are a finished product like a harissa or a stock that mm. has been made to the same standards Obviously, as we would, yeah. you know, the traditional cooking way. 
Um, should we criticise people for purchasing that? Oh, if you've got the money, absolutely not. Yeah, I'd rather um, they bought that than Macca's. Mm. Yeah, I don't have the money, and that's the one way I can get really, really good bang for my buck in my cooking. Absolutely, cookie. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that is that is probably the point, isn't it? It's mm. really that. What are we doing with our resources? I suppose nuts are really good. Because stock, mm-hmm. good nuts. You, you throw it in, you know. And uh, the lady I was talking to today, I was like, this is how you make stock. You get your chicken frame, throw it in a pot, cut a bunch of, like a whole head of garlic, throw it in the pot, an onion, throw it in the pot. And she's like, peel it. And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) throw it all in the pot. This is another thing. Why do we feel the need to peel everything? Why do we have to buy mandarins in a plastic container? Mm. Why do we have to buy pre-peeled garlic? Mm. Why do we even need to peel garlic in the first place? I get that you want to peel it. It's cool. Mm. But if you're making a stock or a soup, I love to roast it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Absolutely. chuck it in. This is one clove, that means three bulbs, it's all good. Yeah. There's no, you know, no small line. Yeah, I, I've got a big tub of the confit garlic in the oil. Do you do oil. that yourself? Yeah. I do it up and then just stick it in the back thing and if I need to make some mayonnaise or some aioli or... That's a I great d- idea. I just want to add a little have well, the bulk of it done I'd, I'd, and grab it when you need it as an ingredient. I'd love to claim it, but it's Sally's idea and I stole it. Bless her. But it's little chicken. She's ch- not here anymore. We can just steal it. All yeah, our we ideas. Can totally steal it. It's, it's <laughs> like little chicken stock. Thanks, we'll just Sally. steal all our ideas <laughs> and pass them off as our own. Little chicks like that, which I reckon can make a massive difference. Like just, anchovies and egg yolks in your chicken juice. Yeah, yeah. Is that not the best gravy yeah, ever? Wait, what? Uh, you know what? I'll let the converted be so explain. Okay. So, uh, we've been doing this podcast for, for quite a long time, and we're sitting there one, one time, and I was saying I was going to go home and roast a chicken, and Sal goes, do you use, do you, have you ever done the egg yolk gravy? Mm. I'm like, what are you talking about, egg yolk gravy? And she's like, well, you get your juices from your chicken, and you put in a bit of lemon juice, um, and it should be quite sort of, um, cooked down, like mm-hmm. not not too runny. The mm-hmm. the, the, juices. the juices, and then once it's come like cooled a little bit, you don't want it too hot because otherwise it'll curdle the egg. You just drop a an egg yolk in it and whisk it through, and it thickens up, and there's your gravy. That's amazing. No flour. I'm definitely trying that. And it, it has a fry off a bit of an anchovy in the chicken stock first, and a handful of capers okay. for the salt. For the salt. Mm. And what I do is. Um, I'm even lazier. I roast my chicken with the lemon up its bum, yeah. and I just pull it out, Use squeeze the lemon out, and um, and yeah, throw Perfect. the egg yolk in at the end. And it's quick, it's easy, it always thickens up, mm. and it's just fantastic. A little bit richer than your normal gravy. Mm. Mm. That's not I a love bad it. thing. And I love I gravy. Love gravy is just mm. the, the best. I love that there's no flour because of the weevils. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The other thing that bread is so good. Mm. Where is that from, Julie? From Jocelyn's. Mm. It's their seeded baguette. Why do they always say it's like seeded mustard? Mm-hmm. But it's got the seeds in. But if you were to seed an apple, you take the seeds out. English language is oh. pretty. Oh, well, yeah, there we go. The English language. Minefield. Yeah. Jeez, isn't it? Imagine being an immigrant trying to learn English. How did that go? Oh, I was lucky I came here when I was nine, so that's fine. <laughs> I went to school here. <laughs> Probably still would have been confusing for the first bit, but you um, would have picked it up a lot quicker. I, I was imagine. actually quite lucky because I already um, started English in Indonesia anyway, so I kept quiet 
for about two years and just listened. I think the teacher thought I was a bit mute. You're just taking it all in. Because <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just sat in class and kept quiet. So what's your, what's your best seller, Shirley? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm still really new. What, what's, so what's everyone sort of jump on as soon as it comes? The chickens. The chickens. They're so expensive. And they're, they're, I should rephrase that. They're not so expensive. They are expensive, but they're not expensive for what they are. Mm. They're expensive to what? In comparison to a commodity chicken, yeah, that people would that people purchase think, I mean, cold. consumer chicken, supermarket chicken is less per kilo than a loaf of bread. Mm. Yeah. That's how cheap it is. Wow. Now. So, but the, the chickens would probably be the biggest seller, and the more people that try them, they buy one, they come back, they order four. Oh wow! It's always, I S- stick them in the freezer. Absolutely, I cannot keep up with them. The chicken growers cannot keep up with them. The breeder can't breed them fast enough. Mm-hmm. And as chefs are finding them, they want them. As they well. want them as well, and so you know that it's it's getting stretched. But they're very sensible. They stick to their plan. They grow slow. Mm. They grow small, and you get them when they're available. Yeah. And I'm really happy with that. So having said that, I found Saltbush Lamb yesterday at mm. six o'clock. I think it was. I put out an email and. By 10 o'clock this morning, I'd sold 15 lambs. Wow. So that went really quickly because it's genuine saltbush lambs. I was gobsmacked because I was a bit hesitant as to whether it would put people off. Because what I'm looking for is stuff that you can't generally find mm. around the place, that it does have a niche market. So it is going to be a higher price point. But well, there is, there are people out there that want it and there is a home for it. When you put your red claw email out, <laughs> I do have red claw in my dam. Oh, well, I'll come down and get some. Well, the only problem is I haven't had the cows on my place for quite a while. <laughs> There's about eight foot high grass between on a hill between me and the red claw. And I've got some fish in there as well, which I'm hoping is still alive. Well, you know what? Red claw are so popular down here in mm. the, the restaurant scene can't keep up. Like, oh, they really? can't get them. So you want to get yourself out into that dam. Mm. Yeah. It's only a little dam. I so just come across to Ben. Threw some in there. The, the one that the one that I've always been uh, just never had the time or the um, and the time to upkeep it was snails. Always wanted to try grow snails. Well, there's a new lady up Sunshine Coast because the Sunshine Coast snails, I believe, are no more. I believe it's a woman up Sunshine Coast who I spoke to the other day who wants to grow hand-fed organic snails, wow. and she's right. really curious as to where there's a market. So how, the how, next time I talk to her, I'll bring you some snails. You can how, how, I've never eaten snails. But really? I, no. There's lots of things oh. I've never eaten. I don't eat out very much. They're just sort of... I've only tried them once and I didn't love them. I'm so sorry. No, they're a bit like cooked mussels, but really yeah. simple. Yeah. yeah. And Vanessa would probably like them. She loves I just, mussels. I love them with garlic butter. Yeah. But then do you just like the garlic butter? I just like the garlic butter. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting question. Are they like mushrooms? Do they just carry flavour? Mushrooms no, are no, that was terrible. I shouldn't have said that. Mushrooms are fabulous. I love Supermarket mushrooms. chicken has no flavour. That's great. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, it's where everyone makes these fantastic chicken mm. tonight sauces that they buy in a bottle to put on their cheap chicken to make it taste good. Mm. Um, no flavour. I don't like. I've always had oysters. Or like I've had quite a bit of seafood in my life, and not seafood just doesn't. Like I'll I'll eat it. I'll eat fish, and I'll eat oysters. But if there's people that really like them there, I'll 
you know, you, you guys eat it before first. me because yeah. if I'm going to eat oysters, it's going to be with bacon and Worcestershire oh, sauce. Oh, you like Worcestershire? He likes his yeah, hot yeah, and yeah. with bacon and Worcestershire yeah. sauce. Yeah, and yeah. And whereas and I like them straight off the shelf. Yeah, at that with point, you, <laughs> any other hand, you're eating bacon and Worcestershire sauce with. Well, that's right. I'll just give away the oyster too. But what made you, if you haven't tried snails, what made you be interested in growing them? Because uh, it's a, again, it's one of those small things that you can do, a little bit like milking a cow, where you can get a really big advantage in your cooking um, by doing something yourself. Yeah, I don't know, just really interesting. Like, to, to raise a cow to eat, you've mm-hmm. got to have the facilities to either send it to an abattoir yeah. or slaughter it yourself. Um, and I'm lucky that I've got a neighbour who can do all that stuff for me. So, like, he just rings me up and goes, oh, I need some bags and I've got half a lamb for you here. Yeah. That's where to go. And you walk Great. in and he's just like, oh, and here you go, and here's a pork roast. And, mm. and it's all his stuff and it's all fresh and That's awesome. I, I know where it's come from, from and stuff yeah. like that. He gave me, uh, we do a di- little bit of a deal. He he gets my cows pregnant and he gets all the cows. Not personally, no. He's not from... Where was it today in the news? Uh, uh, there was somewhere in the news today that was... That, 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 that they busted someone having sex with a cow. Get lost! Yeah, somewhere, oh, in, North, somewhere in New South Wales. Oh, hilarious. In New South... In Australia? Yeah. yeah. the Google guy, you know, as he's cruising down the road with his oh. Google Maps. Google Maps. So he, get, he gets all the calves and he does... He does some stuff for... Um, Animal husbandry. Yeah, he you know looks after that, and he he's got some heavy farm equipment because he runs proper farms. Um, so he does some of that. No, that sort Julie, of thing stop bringing bread out. <laughs> um, but he had he gave me some steaks when we first started doing, it, and this was from a ten-year-old cow. And wow. I work in the meat industry, and traditionally you don't no, eat a cow no. that old, no. and that's all that he will eat. He only eats wow. old Perhaps. beef. And I reckon this cow wouldn't have moved more than 15 metres in its whole life. <laughs> it was huge. The rib fillets were huge, oh, wow. but they had this eye of fat in them were about the size of that, that oh, wow. teacup. And, um, yeah, so it gave me, like, these four rib fillets. It's probably one of the best rib fillets I've ever had. Wow. So tender. And why does he make that choice? Is it a flavour? Um, I think, yeah, a little bit like when you grow up on something. That's what oh, his family yeah. have always done. And they yeah. like that more. It's got a, a much stronger flavour. Mm, and normally the problem is, is older cow is tough. But mm. I think older cow is only tough because it's not been treated well yeah. or yeah. a whole raft of reasons. I think <laughs> if you get older cow that's basically sat there and ate grass all its life... Yeah. And has that fat built up, mm. then it's just as tender as young cows. Because so. mm, grass fed is traditionally leaner than yep. grain fed, so mm. it would have had to have had a very luxurious well, life. Yeah, yeah. He, he reckons that at the bottom of our hill, so his place sort of backs on a mine, at the bottom of our hill, he reckons is the best grass out of it, all the grass and all the little bits of property he's got. I think it's really important when you live in the hills to know where the best grass is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> If I knew that, I, I would I would be able to afford that sous vide machine I was talking about. That's right. That's right. Never mind that. You'd be selling it. You'd get yourself a fortune. You'd be right. So what? What is the one thing you won't eat? Uh, like won't or don't particularly like to. Well, either pick one. I don't really like crab. 
like, oh, really? No, just doesn't do it for me. Just doesn't do it for you. And all my kids and Vanessa love seafood, yep. any seafood. Yeah. Um, but it's such, it's not an easy thing to get and it's not a particularly easy resource. I just couldn't be bothered. I'd rather just have a piece of bread and butter on it, to be honest. Okay. A fresh crab straight yeah. out. Of oh, I love crab. Yeah, absolutely. Dropped in hot water. But it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And everybody's taste buds are very different, I yeah. suppose. My husband doesn't love crab. Yeah, prawns. More for me. Prawns, not So you're not a big seafood man then? No. No, no. I think growing up in Perth, we had access to so, such, you know, the crabs, the craze, real craze. Yeah. But my dad would just, you know, yank them out of the water. and. But I had that all through my childhood. I had fresh fish, yeah. fresh crabs, squid. I like squid. Um, fresh prawns. All, like, you know, my, yeah. we go crabbing all the time. And I like crabbing. just don't particularly like crab. <laughs> don't know what about why. you, Cordy? Um, that's a very good question. I was just doing some research because that leads me on to something else. Um, there's probably quite a few things I wouldn't slash couldn't eat. Um, have you ever seen a documentary? Thank you, Julie. More bone broth slash <laughs> stock. <laughs> stock. Coming it makes my a change cup. for podcasts. Usually it's a big wine. <laughs> um, would you eat an elephant or could you eat an elephant? I can't remember, but I have just um, brought it up on IMDb. It addresses it's two very famous chefs who address the issue of people like me who make choices not to eat certain yeah. parts of an animal or certain animals um, and for my whole life I was kind of particularly when you're in the food industry it's kind of like well why won't you eat that there's something very wrong with you for not eating that um, it's just another animal um, but I won't spoil the movie or the documentary but at the end of the day these two very famous nose to tail chefs um, let me tell you their names thanks to Google Fergus Henderson and Jeremy Lee oh, yeah. um, come to the conclusion that it's very okay to make decisions um, about what you will and won't eat based on your emotional attachment to something. I think I did just spoil it for everybody, sorry. No, I but think it's worth, really interesting. It's, worth, it's yeah. really worth seeing and it was so eye-opening for these two greats to come to that conclusion and I felt I, I felt heard, I suppose, even though yeah. they were, you know, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, there's probably a few things. I'm not a huge fan of offal of um, any species, uh, except for beef cheeks, which is officially offal. Oh, like really? That. Is yeah, it officially. twice as offal? Yep. So yeah. It's tail. Really? And That's I do bizarre. like oxtail. So, and you know, it's that relationship, I suppose, that you've had growing up with somebody else who has grown up um, eating specific offals that I didn't grow up eating will be much more familiar with yeah, it, won't I'm, have an emotional detachment or attachment to it. I'm not a massive fan of liver. Now, the only liver I've ever had, I've cooked myself, so maybe I haven't cooked it properly because that mm. does make a difference. Yeah. But they were from chickens that I killed myself. Mm. So you're not going to get any better mm. quality. And, and the chicken... The, the chicken that I ate, the roast chicken, was fantastic. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with the flavour of the meat. Mm. I just didn't particularly like the liver. Yeah. I'm keen to try, if, if my family situation ever lets me travel. <laughs> You'll get there, <laughs> One trust day, me. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Says two seasoned ladies. That's right, we've done it. <laughs> keen to try some um, crispy bugs in Asia. Oh, oh, I would definitely do that. Yeah. You know, some crunchy grasshopper or something. Yes. Are you going to source some now? Yeah, I, well, <laughs> actually, I, I, uh, yeah. I think talking. I think it would have to be it would have to be cooked right. That that is one thing. I don't know whether I'd want to cook it myself the first time. Mm. 
Oh no, I wouldn't. I would absolutely try somebody else's cooking of it. Yeah. But I love the idea of what they're doing with bugs because, you know, we're probably all familiar with the concept that um, bugs are going to be the proteins of the future. Yeah, um, that, who's that chick, that insect? I'm not sure. She's been talking about that whole okay. food of the future. Food insects, of the future. Food of the future. But yeah. they're doing things to it. Now, you know, I'm a big fan of obviously traditional ways of eating, traditional cooking and all that kind of stuff. So over-processing this particular item would not be something that I'd love either. But they are processing them to a point where they can be as simply added to other foods. Yeah. Um, in a powdered form or in a... Like, in a, a little bit like your um, toasted shallots there. Absolutely, like you my know, taste you, 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 you crunch yeah. and, you, you get, and your little yeah. bit of flavour burst. That's a little bit more familiar for those of us who haven't either grown up on it or, you know, had it. And, and I don't, at least in the abstract, um, uh, there's nothing um, that makes me squeamish about eating, because I like crunchy things. Yeah. I like crispy, deep fried, yeah. crunchy things. So, you know, the fact that it's a bug that's deep yeah. fried and crunchy doesn't particularly bother me. The one thing that Ben's going to make for me sometime is I've never had um, steak tartare. Oh, oh really? No. <laughs> I know. Call yourself a foodie. <laughs> no, I don't call myself a foodie. <laughs> no, I actually. hate that word. But yeah. no, it's because I haven't really... It's a, Again, it's not something I... That you've come into contact with or... Um, I probably haven't eaten out enough to, like, for us, because we don't eat out very much, when we eat out, we sort of tend to pick things that we know we're really going to like. Yeah. You, you try and push a little bit, but, yeah, I'm not probably pushing the boundaries as much as I would. If, if I ate out 20 times a year, yeah, yeah, probably the third or fourth time, then I'd yeah, probably start absolutely. going for something that I'm not normally going to eat. Mm. So my husband would go this steak to start every time. Right. Whereas yeah. I wouldn't. So would my brother. I, no, no, I wouldn't. To me, it's fine and I enjoy it when yes. I have it. Yep. But it's just great quality beef and egg yolk. And yeah, to me, yeah, and it's not a yummy yeah, seasoning. seasoning. Actually, it's not a big deal. Yeah. No, no. I, I certainly wouldn't sit down to a plate of it as a meal, I must admit. But um, I was at a function here next door once and we had on a little crouton of some description a wagyu tate bite so it was just oh, enough yeah. just yeah. enough to, and that would be a perfect way for you to try it and it was sensational well when i absolutely sensational I, I did tell ben i was like i haven't tried this oh come in i'll make make you the best <laughs> one you've ever had so um so obviously i cannot find this photo but renata does deep fried okay um beetles Oh, okay. from time to time at Sichuan Bang Bang and yeah, now, we I, now did, I heard that they yeah. I saw Emma Daly said that they've moved to Paddington a uh, second shop so she's got the two yeah. yeah well yeah started a second shop which is like Paddington's still a long way away for me but it's probably closer closer than going from Lentana Land to Kenmore so yeah so she Renata did his um, Sichuan thing across the road at Taste. Mm. Were you there, Julie? I think you came and went. And part of it was she had a big <laughs> jar of cricket, of um, beetles. Deep fried? Crunchy? Yes. Did you like try Rhino it? beetles, yes. Was it great? Rhino beetles. What's what they look like, yeah. So I, if I can huge. find this photograph. Did they have a very distinct flavour? They taste like beetles. <laughs> <laughs> they had, they had it. The, the texture was good. I liked it. It was like eating pork crackle or something. Oh, yeah. Except yep. that because they're dehydrated, they're 
hollow. Yeah, so you get that, okay. you oh. crunch down and yeah. then there's a nothing. nothing. But you do get that dusty, the dusty flavour that reminds me of what I think dehydrated crayfish head would taste okay. like, if that makes wow, any sense to you. So you get that mustard in a crayfish yeah. head, which is the remains of its poo, yeah. but it's very clean. Yeah. If you dried that <laughs> and dusted it... feeling when you put it like that. That's what I... That's what I allied that yeah. flavour of these beetles to be like. And it was like... Wow. You, there they are. Sneaky little beetles. Well, given that that's the most delicate... The highest delicacy yeah. part of the crayfish, it must be an amazing flavour. Yeah. And that was odd. I wouldn't rush out and get them. I've got okay. a better one. Send that to me. Yeah, of course. Put it in the show notes. Absolutely. It, the, the funny thing with the, the seafood is um, one of my favourite foods of all time is salmon. I love oh, yeah. salmon. Yeah. yeah. And, and particularly chowder. I love chowder. Yeah. It's one of my favourite things to make. Yeah. So I get, I go to a really good fish shop on one of my, well, they're, they're at um, Gasworks as mm-hmm. well, you know, Reef Seafood. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and I do them in, in the Gold Coast. That's where I go. And I get the, they give me the salmon frames. Mm-hmm. And so I pull, uh, smoke them, pull all the meat off them, off the frame, because there's still a fair bit then. And then use the rest of the frame to make a, a stock. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, make a, you know, potato and corn and the bits of smoked Ooh. salmon. Uh, just it's one of it my favourite winter things. Mm-hmm. I've got a real thing for winter mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. even though we don't particularly have the right climate for it. Do you think that's the comfort that is attached yeah, to it? Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I just something about soups and mm. stocks and stews. And stews. And we'll broth. do them all year stocks. round. Stocks, well. <laughs> broth, awesome broth stuff. Well, <laughs> we have such a long summer. We really do. I mean, it's time to get into those yeah. lovely, cool... Are you, yeah, are you, you ready you, for you it? You probably no, don't. Not that I think... like I can make salad every day of the week. I love a salad. But I, that's the other thing with salad is... Um, I don't... I'm very wary of uh, shop-bought lettuce leaves. Mm. So when I'm growing my own lettuce and I've got enough lettuce, I tend to make a lot more salad. When I have to buy leaves... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I just don't find it so as why, attractive. Why are you wary of it? Are you wary of it because of the water content and what might be in it, or because of any little no, nothing particular. Red backs just, that have been in the media lately. I just, I just, lettuce leaves. Or? I just think of salad as something that's really fresh and yep. crisp, and something that's been sitting in a packet for a week doesn't. No, it does. It just doesn't feel like I'm making a salad. Yeah. Do you grow your salad leaves? I, yeah, as much as I can. I'm a I terrible, know. terrible gardener, <laughs> which is why. That. My my possible Kickstarter thing hasn't borne much fruit yet. <laughs> much to the Great. disappointment of some machine bone broth now. It's away. <laughs> some of the the donors, but anyway. Well, we're about to launch into some uh, chicken salad, a Vietnamese chicken salad made with one of Shirley's chickens. Thank you very much, Shirley. Thank you very much for dinner. Oh, you're very welcome. This was completely oh, unexpected. Okay. We did not set this up. <laughs> I hope you, you all enjoy You can it. be a return guest anytime. Sounds good to me. Um, but what I was going to say, the lime that's in it and sitting on the top is from our third year of we live on a postage stamp in 10 minutes from the city. So we're complete opposite to you, but we have kaffir lime and we have rosemary. We have as many herbs as I can possibly grow in on a terrible herb grower. Absolutely shocking. So thank God I've got a husband who's pretty decent at it. 
Um, and so this is a tiny, teensy, tiny, teensy, tiny lime that is our third year of growth. Um, so they're still quite young, but now they're becoming prolific. So that's what you've got to look forward to. Yeah. I'm hoping that they'll get bigger. I hope we haven't got little teeny limes for the rest of our lives. Oh, they'll get bigger. The, yeah, the, I think they're getting so. more fluid. The best tree I've got, well, the Thank oldest you. tree is the lime tree, and I've got about 10 limes on it this year. Oh. But I was saying to Melinda last week, I planted a lime tree when I was at, at when I lived at Cook Street at Red yeah, Hill, yeah. and it's on the footpath. Um, and we did, I did give out the address last week. Thank you, Jim. Because um, oh. it's it's just on the footpath. Like you literally you walk past and, and reach up and pick it. it. And, I love and that. last year I drove past because um, I actually went and drove past to see if the neighbours were out in the garden because they were mad gardeners. And I wanted to say hello. And um, this tree, which never bore any fruit while we were. Um, renting yeah, there yeah. it's just covered in limes yeah just absolutely because because all you do is you the washing machine goes where it goes and you just stick the yeah the, the the exit hose out and it, and it waters that garden right yeah. um so you don't really even have to do anything mm. um, and i was just like oh man I, I planted that tree and i'm not going to get anything out of it i love to know these things i love to know where trees and yeah. things are there's a pomelo tree yeah. up near us in ascot is and it? it is enormous i reckon it would have to be close to you. 100 years old mm. in one of oh. those big old estates and it's right hanging over the corner near Racecourse oh, Road and when it's time to fruit these pomelos they're about this big Holy mm. Jesus. and they just drop to the ground Wow! and so if you're looking for pomelos yeah. that's the way to go. I really think councils don't do enough of that um, and, and I was really impressed with uh, when I was in Queenstown because there's a lot of new parks that they're designing and building well at least when we were there sort of four or five years ago there was a whole heap of new parks and all the trees that they were planting there were edibles pears mm -hmm. so peaches that, should be. that is wonderful i wonder whether it's the sunny coast they've done that in their whole street really yeah. really the council have done it so council the whole street is each verge tree is a different type of fruiting something. oh wow see yeah. i always wondered whether there was a little bit of a commercial pushback from um, uh, like commercial interests that, sure. that grow that grow fruit professionally because yeah. if because if you're growing stuff for the yeah. public, then people it'll, aren't buying stuff from the shops. It'll you know never I mean? get to the point where it overshadows the the local farmers. No. So I don't think that could possibly be a thing. Have you seen the scheme that That's good. the scheme that is happening over in Ireland? sure it's island where the council allows this particular group they're a conservation group to go into any cemeteries and disabled uh, disband in churchyards and plant on top of the graves oh, wow. and they're planting acres and acres of edible gardens that's amazing both trees bushes and mm. plots over the top of, and because of the rich the soil is the so soil rich right? yeah, right. underneath and then they're using that food and feeding it back into their community um Chicago has a because Chicago has these huge tracts of land which are basically abandoned and you know there's there's commercial buildings that are just crumbling and falling down into mm. the ground and so the council are, are coming along and basically tearing the building down and leaving nothing there and there's a whole heaps of Chicago that are going back into parkland but also the gorilla gardeners there are going around and finding trees that will take grafts from edibles and grafting edibles onto ornamental trees in oh, public wow. spaces. That makes it, it opens up a whole 
area of conversation, doesn't it? Because we talk about not genetically modifying our animals, and yet by grafting onto existing trees, are we not altering There's traditional ways? The structure. Of, I think. Um, I think the big. And look, I'm no expert, but the big controversy is about the way things are genetically modified these days in comparison to traditional ways yeah. of grafting, which is considered to be um, a method that is uh, proven safe and doesn't alter DNA structures of But every plant, lemon, that you would not eat an, an ungrafted lemon. No, I don't every, think you can get them. I don't, uh, I don't un, every, everything's on flying dragon mm. rootstock because otherwise mm. your, your tree, your, your mortality of your trees goes down a massive mm. amount. So. I, don't, I don't think we can get them in this country. Mm. I tried grafting once. It was hilarious. I killed, <laughs> I killed six trees. <laughs> Gordy, this is great. I'm so glad you're enjoying mm. it. Mm. The, um, it's just got, the just, the, just the right, right amount of bite, doesn't oh, it? Oh, good. I'm so glad. I have a bit of a high tolerance to chilli, so I wasn't sure. So I'm pleased that it's good for you. Um, it's really funny being known as someone that likes food and likes cooking and I've, we've got a, a mate of ours at the Sunshine Coast who loves cooking and is probably as good if not better a cook than I am but every time we go there we get she cooks something mm. really nice mm. and I think it's a little bit because oh, John's coming I better cook something mm. good <laughs> and I know when she comes I, I've got to cook something good you do good. the same thing mm. but she did um, uh, pork in master stock mm. And then she had pickled pawpaw. What else was it? Pickled pawpaw. She had like four little condiments to go on top of it. And then um, diced, finely diced red chilli. And she's like, oh, this chilli's pretty hot. I don't know if anyone wants any. And, and, oh, and she had a chilli jam, the um, Spirit House chilli jam. Mm. And she'd made a sauce out of that. So it already had a fair bit of bite to it already. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Well, <laughs> here, oh, give me, <laughs> sprinkle it all over. And it was hot. <laughs> I don't think you can get that anymore, can you? The Spirit mm. House stuff? Yeah. You can? Mm. There's an Asian shop in Sunshine Coast that's selling it. Mm. Maybe they've pulled their horns in a little they bit and only, only selling it locally. Mm. I used to love that ch their chili, chili, chili jam. Yeah. yeah, but it's nothing jam about it. It's all chili. Uh, all chili. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my cousin insane. makes one like that. It's from mm. the um, Chin Chin recipe book, and literally our whole family. We've got two daughters that still live with us. Um, that's because they're young enough to live with us. It's not like we were going to kick them out at any point. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the kids. <laughs> Um, but the eldest daughter just goes through it. She has it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, just about. And mm. chili jam is, yeah. And he makes them from our chilies from home as well in our little postage stamp in the suburbs. Mm. And it's divine. Nothing jammy about it at all. It's just all heat. And it's yep. fantastic. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I made a, a, a big batch up. Oh, it must have been a couple of years ago. Had a batch of chilies. For some reason, that chili. Because chilies normally self-seed quite well, mm -hmm. mm. and especially this one. This one's right down next to the chook pen, so it shouldn't lack for any nutrients. Mm -hmm. But it never self-seeded. So, oh. and same with I had um, one of my favourite fruits of all time. Oh, they come in the little the little paper lamps. Chinese gooseberries. Yeah. Um, otherwise known as cake gooseberry, or there's another word. Yeah, goose, gooseberries is, gooseberries, is, is yeah. what I know. Yeah. They are just the most brilliant fruit. They are my yeah. favourite all-time fruit ever, and oh. they are just I've never seen finicky. A yeah, they either grow like a weed and you can't kill it, yeah, or well, it goes. Eh, well, and for it falls over. three or four wow. years, I had self-seed 
came back up mm. masses of fruit yep and oh, and the thing beautiful. was like i always wanted to make gooseberry jam mm. and i could never get enough the kids would just eat them mm. because <laughs> they're, they're perfect for kids because they come in a little wrapping mm -hmm. and they love them because they you know you just you, you give them to them and they have to sort of unwrap them to eat them. To eat them. And they love the, the novelty of the paper finish. Yeah, the paper mm. finish. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I know what you mean now you say that. Yeah, I do. Yep. So, I never got enough to make any jam, but I was a bit disappointed I haven't haven't had them come back up this year. Yeah, well, so. ours self-seeded. I think it came must have gone in one end of the chicken and come out the other mm. because it suddenly sprouted. But it just, it fruited very early and then just died died and that was it mm. yeah i've had plants die off every couple of years but they've always in that patch again next to the chook pen mm. and it's on the low side of the chook pen so i would say that when it rains it gets a bit of fertilizer yeah. runoff but yeah for some reason this year it just hasn't come back i think self-sown veg are the best you've seen mm. my pumpkins i have seen your <laughs> pumpkins they're huge and and delicious i've eaten your pumpkins they're incredible. I've never planted a pumpkin in my life. That's unreal. And I have still got about 30 pumpkins. Way out. Overrun my backyard. Of two types. But yeah, I'll bring them. Yeah. Butternut <laughs> and uh, Queensland Blue. Homegrown mm -hmm. pumpkin is the best. You. Just bought one to the you know I mm -hmm. pumpkin, pumpkin, oh. pumpkin is so one of those. Pumpkins. Pumpkin and so like, I am an avowed champion of the potato mm -hmm. as the greatest of all vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, brother. Um, but pumpkin and sweet potato, if it has that right sugar content mm -hmm. and you cook it at, and I swear that there is no correct temperature, there is a different temperature mm. depending on the amount of sugar in it. Every pumpkin. is slightly different, mm. but sometimes you'll get a pumpkin that is just right and you'll eat, like I always, you know, dish the, the roast veggies out for the roast and it's always like four potatoes and one bit of pumpkin and one bit of sweet potato <laughs> and then there's just some days where you go I'm oh, putting those potatoes back and I'm going to take you all the pumpkin. Oh. Pumpkin and sweet potato are so versatile. Yes. Yeah. They can be sweet, they can be savoury, they can be mm, hard, they can true. be soft, they can be crisp, mm -hmm. they can be mm -hmm. blended. I just think they're true. magical vegetables. They are pretty magical. What I else love... do you grow? Mm, mostly fruit trees. I try with tomatoes but my watering is a bit sporadic. <laughs> if I had enough water, I'd set up an automatic system. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but it would cost for you, wouldn't it? Yeah, we pay $165 for mm. two thirds of a tank. So, Insane. And with seven people living in our house, uh, we go through a bit of water. So the new nanny is? Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah. Older lady. Um, yeah, no, she's working out well. Well, you, you know, you've got to keep people updated on this because the people that listen regularly, it's like yeah, so watching we, Home and Away. They actually want to know the next installment. Unfortunately, we've been through a few, so... Mm. It's just a little... We're just not quite... We're a bit, a little bit too much on the fringe, I guess. So if you don't have a car or you don't no. have lots of friends down there, it's a it's little bit difficult. hard. Though, you know, we did have a religious problem with one <laughs> of our nannies. <laughs> Who then went home and got <laughs> pregnant, which was hilarious because she did tell, she did, she was 19 and she lectured, lectured Vanessa about having children out of wedlock and oh. then went home and got pregnant out of wedlock, which is yeah, pretty funny. Oh, get out. Mm. Oh, really? Fundamental Christians are the funniest people. This is the thing with 
Any everybody thinks they can work with children. Having been a teacher, oh my god, the amount of people that used to come in and out of the classroom to volunteer, mm. quote unquote, because they love kids. Mm. Anybody with thinks that they can work with children, and seriously, kids and the animals. I think they track the biggest nutbags. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, ever. So my best friend um, has lived with us. Because uh, he was living down the Gold Coast, he works at Tambourine oh, yeah. High School, so it's quite close for him. And he was going overseas this year, so it was an easy way to save some money. So he's been living with us, and he sort of helps out. He is going to be the most prepared new dad <laughs> yeah. that ever hits. Because, True insight. Well, just because of the twins, mm-hmm. like having seen the twins and um, experienced that. And he even said, like, when he first came, he used to come around sort of once a week and have dinner. Yeah. And, like, with Curtis, Curtis would cry, and he would immediately get that stress reaction. Oh, he's crying. What have you got? What, you know, what mm. do I do? Blah, blah. And now, he's just like, the twins cry. Oh, okay, well, what's wrong? You know, mm. are they fighting? Is one bitten the other one? <laughs> do they need their nap? Like, he, now it's like, well, there must be a reason. Like, he's, he's got sort of logic behind it yeah. rather than that emotional, visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. And like that's one of the worst things when you're a new parent. It is. Is, yeah. is that that? It is. Is that reaction? Oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. Why? Why are you crying? Why stop crying? Such uncertainty. And, and, and thinking you have to fix it. Yeah. Whereas sometimes it's just got to play out by yep. itself. Oh, and that, it's absolutely. Going to happen. The, the first night of teething, and we were just like because we never had it before, mm. and Curtis is a, a, a little sookie, so. <laughs> Like, he bawled and bawled and bawled. And we were about to take him to the hospital. And, and he literally threw his head back. And the, the there was a bit of yeah. the big moon that oh. night. And we saw the little glint of the tooth. And we went, ah, oh, of course. And this then everything was all right. This looks like. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And then you get a lot of people who say, oh, no, there's no reaction to teething. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Are really? parents? I've never people. had that one before. Oh, really? The one I like Health is... nurses. Mm. I have no reaction to teething. The one I like right. is, um, they won't eat that mm. with the twins. It's like, well, how about we give it to them mm. and see, mm-hmm. because I bet, like, they would love this. They would demolish this. Oh, hey, when you go to a restaurant and they automatically assume that mm. your children need a kid's menu, mm. and on that kid's menu is nugget and chips, revolting minute steak and chips, mm. pizza, mm-hmm. or spaghetti bolognese, and yep. that's the choices that mm. the kids get. What? Save for six months to go out for dinner because we can't afford to. No, we damn well got to feed our kids something yeah, decent. We don't want, you know, big best leftovers. Mm-hmm. Curtis does like pizza, but my pizza is not a. Pizza. And I love pizza and sausages. <laughs> I love pizza too. Sourdough pizza. I, mm. That is one of the. Um, I'm torn between Aldi. Always have like twice a year. They have their gas pizza oven. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really tempted to buy one of those because you just stick it on the deck. And it goes quickly. Um, but there's a guy I follow on Twitter called, um, I think it's Warwick Quinton. He's known as the Sourdough Baker. Mm. And he... I need his details. Oh, I'll get it. He, mm. yeah, f- follow him on, on Instagram. He's a really, really inter- interesting guy. Um, he designs and builds sourdough ovens. Okay. And, like, sells them to bakeries and to people at home. Mm. And... But he does, doesn't sort of build to a plan and he says every oven that he builds, 
is a slight improvement on the one that, that they've done so before. So what is, makes them so special? Is it the fact that they can get to a really super high temperature? Um, what is it? I, I, and the, I've been trying to mesh our schedules to have him on, a, mm, on an episode right. because that, that those are the questions that yeah, I want to ask Yeah, because I'd love him. to know. Mm. But I think it's part, part knowing the technology and knowing the theory and applying that theory and then it's, it's almost like practical engineering, learning, trying something, okay, well, that works, applying it to the next one, applying it. Yeah. And, you know, eventually he'll get to a point where he won't be able to... Um, won't be able to make it any better. Thank you. Thanks, anyway. So I've got an Aldi smoker. Okay. Is it good? It's fantastic. Mm. It's fantastic. It does just as good a job, I think, as any of the others. Not that I'm an expert on the whole low and slow movement, but we've made some amazing brisket. Mm. We've also had some dismal failures. We had some friends over for dinner the other week mm. and my husband decided he was in charge of cooking. Rare occurrence. Take it when you get it. <laughs> Despite me asking him six or seven times, you sure you know what you're doing? Mm. Misread the Fahrenheit and Celsius. Oh, dear. So eight hours of oh. Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit temperature. <laughs> Too cooked? Um, well, they put the brick into brisket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly looked like one. So yeah. I, got, I got some... Um, the one I like doing is the Wagyu secondary cuts. Mm-hmm. I love doing Wagyu slow and slow because it's got that fat. The only thing I like more than that is Wagyu silver side. Mm. Have you ever yeah. had Wagyu silver side? Yeah, it's amazing. Oh. Amazing. Um, and so I did one up at home, but it was a thinner piece. And then I did one up at work for our Friday lunch for work, but it was a much thicker piece. And I sort of hadn't got my head around the type of cooking and what you need to do. And so it just hadn't broken down the, the you know, the, the bits of the meat enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just still too chewy. Whereas the one I cooked the week before at home was just like you literally Perfect. could have got just your hand. You get that right just to break yeah. the cartilage. Yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah. The, um, and when you get it right, it's just fantastic. There's a word for it. Yep. Mm. Next time you get one of your chickens, try, um, have you tried a, the buttermilk? So you marinate it, marinate the whole chicken in buttermilk in a buttermilk brine for 24 hours, and then do it in your low and do it in your smokehouse. Okay. Just as a, as a whole roast chicken, and you okay. don't need to do it for that long because it doesn't need to break down, obviously. Yeah. But um, the buttermilk brine because it's got salt and yeah. buttermilk and sort of breaks the muscle down a bit, but it also plumps it up and keeps it moist. Yeah, mm. is All right. I'll give it a go. Sounds amazing. Connective tissue. That's the word, connective tissue. Yeah. That's all right. I couldn't remember waffles before the show. Like, <laughs> you know those pancake things that, that with, have the the, in. with the cross with the crosses on it. <laughs> Julia Shirley look at me like, do you, do, do, do you speak English at all? Well, connected. Well, that chicken that we just ate was one of Shirley's summer lab chickens, and that was actually poached in a master stock. Yep. So I, um, I was going to bring along one that had just been roasted, which also tastes amazing because I actually think there's a significant flavour difference and texture difference between the ones I'm getting off you now and the ones I've previously had a long time ago. I've been buying organic chickens for a very long time, um, but there's still a flavour difference and texture difference because of the different breed that That's I'm right. now getting. Yeah. Um, That's right, because no matter where you buy your chicken and whether it's so-called organic, so-called free-range or anything, it still comes from one of two 
comes from Russell Cobstock. Mm. That's all we get in this country, yeah. apart from the Somerlet heritage yeah. table birds. There are show birds that are heritage based, but they're not they're table not birds. Table That's right. So, which even Susquehanna <coughs> beers, chickens are from Russell Cobstock. Mm. They all are. Which is why I've been trying to unsuccessfully because my pen's not secure. I lost another, lost three guinea fowls and a couple of chickens to foxes this week. So. Oh no! So, so how do you how do you stop it? You, yeah. Money, better just better like right. crowdfunding fencing. Crowdfunding yeah. the fence. That's a good idea. What like I've got so I've got two bananas, a lemon, a fig, a mulberry in the run. Preferably trees, not fruit. Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> and the and the run needs. Try that banana. <laughs> it's not working. You, you, the run needs to be like and and so it's it's the fences are buried and stuff, but they're probably not high enough. And the, and all the the best sort of chicken runs I've seen for country areas are you have a nice run with fruit trees and yep. stuff, but it's compl- it's a box. Mm. Yeah, and that's what I need to do. I need to probably. To be honest, I need to tear it all down and start again and make it completely secure. Because you have secure. to bury it, like, yeah, like six or eight inches. And it is buried, bury but there's, the there's oh, right. because I've done it in piecemeal and I've added and whatever. Yeah, it's not. It's just not good enough. And if you've got, if you've got a bitch that's given birth and she's going to feed those puppies, mm. she'll do whatever she can do right. to get fresh food. Yeah, yeah. I've watched them take out pallet fence picket fence to get to a hen house it's just and the the other thing is i've got goannas too so the goannas are getting my eggs so i'm just not having much luck with the chickens at the moment or i downsize get less chickens and get a good metal cage close to the house i'll give you a list of things to grow for me if you want there's such a shortage of good poultry in this state i've I've got a whale Mm. uh Goose. Goose. Well, oh, go- goose I'd love to do. So and, and, and geese are big enough and nasty enough that, you know... Well, they'll take care of the foxes. Yeah, too. they're not going to... Yeah, they're yeah. very good guards yeah. for foxes. I had heard that they're yeah. good guards. Yeah. I didn't know and, and, the, foxes. and the issue there is how well they play well with small children, so... Oh, okay, right. Yeah, I must admit, we had a goose when I was a child and I couldn't even go out the back steps yeah, okay. Yeah. thing would go me I can remember vaguely wow. you know and, and the whole okay. idea of having my place is I want the kids to get out yeah so sort of, you know they like going down to the chickens and giving them the scraps but mm. then again but by, by the same token and conversely they need to learn that not all animals are best friends yeah. and that mm. there are animals to be aware of yeah. so yeah it's really interesting that how Curtis is a lot more cautious of the chickens than the twins are and I think simply because he's got a better attitude because he's older and so they just copy his attitude. So. Yep, and that'll happen for the next 20 years. So when yep. you've got an 18-year-old or a 16-year-old that's looking to do things, you're going to have two you know, two years younger looking to do the same. Do things. All right, we should wrap up. Give us okay. some plugs. What's your what's your uh, website, Shirley? Well, you can find me at handsourced.com.au. Yep. Handsourced on at handsourced on Twitter. At handsourced at Twitter. No, at handsourced on Instagram. Yeah. No Twitter. No Twitter. No Twitter. No Twitter. I've done the Twitter. So you're off Twitter all the time. Off now? Twitter. Yeah. No, no handsourced on Twitter. Instagram, Facey. That's where you'll find me and the website. So Facebook, handsourced. Instagram, handsourced. Website, handsourced. Too easy. Too easy. And we'll throw up all the links in the show notes. Have you got anything you want to plug? 
Julie's going to get your book in, so we can sell the the book through here. That's great. But no, I have nothing to plug these days, which is just such a lovely position to be in. (laughs) It's so nice to be asked to come and have a chat tonight. Thank you, both of you, very much, just to talk about food. Welcome back anytime, especially when I get dinner. (laughs) Thanks Uh, for having me. Thanks, guys.